You're listening to the Straight Shooting Radio Show on the AHP Digital Radio Network. Visit us at australianhuntingpodcast.com.au. Sit back, relax and enjoy. Here's the hosts of the show, Jason Selms and Mario Vladko. All right, welcome back to uh, the Straight Shooting Podcast here on the AHP Digital Radio Network. Thanks to all my listeners who enjoy the show. Donate all my subscribers. Uh, all people that leave comments on iTunes, thank you very much. We do appreciate your support. Numbers have gone up again, so we're, we're pretty happy again with how the uh, podcast keeps building. I think it's absolutely fantastic. Uh, hope, you, hope you enjoyed the previous Straight Shooting Podcast. Hope you enjoyed... Uh, the podcast with Sav Mangin from the Foul Talkers talking about duck hunting on in Victoria and obviously, you know, when those uh, hunters head up into the rice fields of New South Wales and mm. you know, people just love their waterfowling. So hope you guys enjoy that. Uh, me and Muzz have been having a debate just this morning and I hate when this happens. I uh, bought, I had a light bar on my car, so on the front of my four-wheel drive and I had Here a light go. bar. Here we go. <laughs> right? And it's, it's, it was pretty good. I was pretty happy with it. Did I have to change it? Probably not with the amount of, of times I use the car and actually use the light bar. But it was pretty bright, so I bought some spotlights. Now, me and Mario, he couldn't find the 10-watt uh, LED spotlights, which is basically 10 watts per globe. They're sort of the, you know, the brighter versions. So we're, we're on eBay. He's sending me links anyway. So I said I got some spotlights. I was pretty happy with them. And he's seen how my light bar goes. It's like a 240-watt light bar. It's worth about 300 bucks. So he goes, oh, what would you be looking at to sell the light bar? Because he was pretty impressed with the quality, how far it went. <laughs> so he goes, mate, 150. I think that's reasonable. A light bar that I bought for $300. Right? And then how much do you, guys, how much do you think he wanted to give me for the light bar? Six sixty dollars I said 60 bucks. 60 bucks for that's a $300 light bar that's... Uh, basically 12 well, months I can, old that I've hardly I can get a used. brand new one on eBay, Jason, for $80. <laughs> so I this thought, is, well... This is the debate I've been having with him, guys. I He thinks he's going to get his 80-watt light bar, and even though, yes, we buy the Chinese 80 stuff... 80-watt? To 80 watt. No, I'm saying the $80 light bar. Right, so $80. The, 80, the $80 light bar, he thinks is going to be compared. And, and don't get me wrong, my $300 one is Chinese as well, but I think it's fantastic quality. And I think the, the quality of the output's absolutely fantastic as well. Yeah, is it, maybe is it compared to the $1,000 brands? Probably not. But Mars thinks he's going to get an $80 light bar and it's going to be as good as my $300 Chinese light bar. It's just not going to happen, mate. Well, look, it's going to be better than the rubbish that I've got on, on my yeah, What have you got on there now? Oh, These little crappy, old, crappy old... Three-inch HIDs or yeah, something. Some, I don't know. They're, not even HID. They're, they're no, just no, um, they're halogen. Not, you give them too much credit there, mate. HID. They're, Jesus they're Christ. All, they're all browned over. You yeah. haven't even polished oh, them up. They're crap anyway, but they get a lot of use, but you know they're, they're not very good. So I thought to myself, you know what? I'm going to I'm gonna buy a light bar. I was very impressed with Jason's light bar, but Jason just, you know, he just goes... That extra mile, he wants to buy the best quality, best stuff, and that's fair enough. Good on him. But even but, that's cheap. It's Chinese. Even that's compared to like ARB or the the fire lights or those sort of things. I mean, the, the only reason I buy the cheaper ones, one's because I don't use them that often. If yeah. I was out like you know, truck driving or something, I'd use the more expensive ones. But also, too, it's getting them insured. You hit a roo. Roos are indiscriminatory in regards to how many light bars roos break every time they hit your front bar. Yeah. So if, if they do happen to get hit by a roo or something like that or someone decides to steal them, I'm still going to be pissed off, but I'm going to be less pissed off with, say, $250 spotlights compared to, say, you know, 800 to a grand. Yeah. Look, I, interesting subject, actually, light bars, Jason. For, for, I mean, a lot yeah. of guys now that go hunting, they put light bars on their trucks and everything like that. They're, they're really good. They brought, they just uh, light up the entire, you know, um, bush track or country road. They're, they're fantastic. But one thing I noticed, Jason, last time we went, right, 
if you've got a light bar that's so powerful, it actually drowns out the oncoming lights from other cars. So we're actually struggling to sometimes see uh, the lights from oncoming cars, and then by the time the car car come around the corner, um, it was already like you know it's just, already there. It's already there. Like you don't even realize, and then you you're always uh, switching off the high beams. You know, late. Yeah. So yeah. and that's I think I think it's a little bit of a. a it's always a, my eternal yeah. quest for more light. You know, I know like, it's a little bit of a safety concern, in my opinion, Be- because Mars decided he wants to only pay me sixty dollars for the light bar. I'm sort of considering just. You know, I've got a couple of the bull bar mounts, the bull bar mount clamps, and yeah. I might even put the light bar in the middle. But it's only a twenty-inch light bar. But on the way, you were there on the way from Huntfest when we actually went on a hunt. Yeah, that's um, right. we went on that one of those back roads, and I actually thought I was going to be in trouble that day because Muzz goes, "Oh, did you see the police officer?" And I was like, "What?" And he goes, "Remember we went down that hill?" Yeah, and he was sitting in this little off street. You could see it was definitely him because he had police on the side of the car, obviously just waiting around to try and get someone. And I drove past him with the full light bar on, and he did, he didn't come after me or anything. I mean. Well, the, because normally he's not supposed to use them on public roads. Well, here's the thing. Like, I mean, some of them are so powerful, Jason, and, and some of the stuff you can get for cars these days is just awesome. And I, and I love it. I love, have, I love being sport for choice. But, um, but it's just uh, it, it kind of raises the question, I mean, how much is too much in terms of when it comes to the amount of light they output? Because especially if you use them on, on a road where they completely drown out, the, any any kind of oncoming lights from smaller cars. Yeah, but who cares? <laughs> okay, <laughs> who not, cares? No, not who Come cares, on. but what I'm saying is, you know, it's just more light. You want to see. Yeah. So the spotlights are good for a distance, but if you've got like a light bar on the roof, you know, maybe yep. a, a 30, 40 inch or 48, whatever they go up to, depending on how big your car is, hmm. you know, you really, spotlights are going to sort of get your distance a little bit. Then you're going to have the, you know, big long light bar on your roof that sort of floods that area to the left and right of you because that's where especially sometimes if you've got ruse, they sort of hang out in those shadows, and even the spotlights sometimes don't pick them up, you know? So. Yeah, yeah, that's right. But look, anyway, that just got me more curious about, um, I guess... So uh, he bought his $80 light bar, <laughs> put it that way. <laughs> well, he, didn't, he didn't buy my one. <laughs> so, 150 he's impressed. He goes, oh, no. T-. So you're telling me you wouldn't spend $90 more to buy my one, which you know is absolutely proven. You'd buy an unknown quantity. Is that what you're telling well, why me? Why would I spend the extra $90 when I don't need to? That's well, my whole point. I could spend that 90 bucks on ammo. Like... <laughs> You don't shoot you anything don't. to worry about buying ammo. I know, but my like point me. is, okay, this this is comes to a bigger point, and it kind of comes. It's it's on the similar lines, Jason. Of like, I've got a really cheap Chinese chainsaw which I bought from eBay, which uh, I the think, boss. yeah, which I think is pretty good. And I look after a lot of this stuff. I know I'm fairly mechanically minded. I know how to look after it. And look, I've gone to so many camping trips and hunting trips where I've literally cut up so much wood. For the fire and this chainsaw just keeps going, so it's the greatest hundred dollar yeah, investment I, I, I've, hundred dollar investment I ever made. And I and I just find myself like sometimes I look at some of these light bars that are offered in the four wheel drive shops, and they're like a thousand dollars for a light bar, you know, and, and they've got like eight hundred dollar spotties. And I'm thinking, well, how do you justify that money? The money that's being spent on these things, and especially when the amount of light that's pumping out of them. They've got a lot um, of money. Some of these older people, the younger guys now, uh, they've just got money to it's burn. It's unbelievable. I mean, the, the light that's pumping out of them is no more or less, I guess, different than to a, like a $150 light bar. So, you know, and I'm thinking to myself, uh, well, okay, this is a good subject, Jason. All the only you, all thing you guys- before that, anything I'm upset about is when Mars actually went, he, he asked where these light bars were on eBay. 
So I punched in the name because I can't find them anyway. So we found some spotties. Now, my spotties were... Leg- I, found, I found some yeah, you, spotties. You found them cause, <laughs> yeah, but you, you messaged me first and he said, I can't find these light bars with the 10-watt chips. Anyway, I thought that some of the new technology on the LED bars, like 10 watts was pretty much the limit. They are getting into 15 watts. Mm. Anyway, he sends me this link and I'm just, I'm so dirty right now because the ones I bought were $269 and they're basically uh, 37 uh, LED globes at 10 watts. So yeah. three, allegedly 370 watts. We know they're not that because they can't burn at full power. So you're probably looking at 180 to 190, yeah, about half, maybe 45% of what they actually are. Now, Muzz sends me this link. I've got it up here now. A pair of 9-inch, 704-watt, 7D lens, LED driving work lights or spotlights, $300. So I have a look and I say, okay, let's find out what how many uh, LEDs uh, per globe they are. So I'm having a I look here. I think they're 22-watt LEDs. Yeah, yeah, so this is, they're <laughs> allegedly saying 69,800 lumens per light. Man. Right, and they have 32x 22-watt LEDs for brilliant visibility. 22-watt so, so, LEDs. Um, so 32 times 22-watt LEDs in each light. I didn't even think they made those sort of like the high-range high, high no. range LEDs like that. But, I mean, but, you have a look, they look fantastic. They're $300. Extreme, they look extremely well-built. Well built. Yeah, uh, they're just Chinese versions, but I mean, I didn't even think they made 22-watt LEDs. I think LEDs they're all made in, even yeah, expensive ones are made in China. It depends. Most of them probably, yeah, they just you know, yeah, brand there, them. There are some that are American-made and, you know, in other countries Different as well. countries. But the vast majority, I think, are made in China. But and, 704 watts, man. 30, 32 by yeah. 22 watts, man. Like, I should have bought them. Like, Almost, if I'd have known, yeah. I would have bought them. I didn't realise. Almost 70,000 lumens. Like, just, it's, it's incredible. But anyway, just talking about light bars, so we're Jason, talking about excitement of four-wheel yeah, driving. So I hope you four-wheel know, drivers out there love exactly, this sort of conversation. Yeah, exactly. So, I mean, th- this is really important because light bars, um, I remember when we went, I think it was at a state forest, Jason. Having your light bar and you can just really see all the fine details at night of of the forest and on on the forest track. It's just fantastic. So if you guys, if any, you guys are thinking of getting one, uh, do your research and make sure you get the appropriate one for your needs. Because uh, to be honest, some of these ones, I think they're just a little bit too powerful. Because sometimes you just the brightness drowns out some of the detail. In my in my opinion. But the one that I've got, Jason. I just wish I'd have bought these twenty-two watt ones <laughs> yeah, before I keep, bought my ones for an extra for an extra thirty bucks. Anyway, the one that I bought is going to be a lot better than what I have, and I, I think I'll be very happy with it. But I'm just struggling, and I want I'd like to know the opinions of some of the listeners out there. I'm just struggling to see how these people at the four-wheel drive shops justify a thousand dollars or nine hundred dollars for a light bar or spotties. Uh, some of them like even thirteen hundred dollars. I've seen I've, I've seen light bars for as much as three thousand dollars. I mean, how do you justify that? How do you put that on top? your car and like, knowing that it could get stolen or broken yeah. or whatever I'm, I'm just... more worried about ruse and then people stealing them imagine that you rock out and you see your $1,200 light bar has been stolen and they do steal them these days they just cut them off undo them that's, and yeah, uh, well, that's right. take well, them off well that's the other thing see if I've got an $80 light bar on there and it gets taken one day or well, who cares $80 yeah. You know what I mean? But if, <laughs> if I've got a $1,200 one... I still think one, you're going to be disappointed in it compared to what I got the $300 one there's a difference why it's 300 and yours is 80 yeah, but it's got to be better than what you've got now. I, which I just, is I just, you know, I just don't like throwing money away, and I just can't justify a thousand dollars for, when for you're some at, of these light bars. It's at, just ridiculous. When it's you're nonsense. out at night, you're in the state forest, you're driving along roads like we were when we went left hunt fest to go on that hunt. You, you, you when it was completely dark, you really seen the power of how well oh, that light course, bar actually yeah, went. You know? No, no, they are fantastic. And uh, anyway, guys, um, we hope you enjoy that uh, conversation yeah. on, on light bars because uh, if you guys. Uh, 
have got some ideas and uh, you've got a particular brand or any type of light bar that you like. or And a lot or, of people are on budgets too, you know. Yeah, they don't have... Like me. You know, yeah, well, <laughs> you, know, you, you own three properties, but you're not, so, you're not, so you're not poor. But, Jesus, Jason. You know, sorry, but yeah. <laughs> yeah, he pretends he's poor, folks. But anyway, that's not the point of the show. Um, we might even talk about next one. Someone was asking about um, UHF radios, so we might do... On one of the next shows, talk about radios and uh, Muzz. I guess he gave Muzz an ICOM radio uh, for helping me out on the show, which, you know, he, he never appreciates. So, But, uh, no, he does love it, apparently, because, you know, it's yeah, always good to no, communicate I do, I do when it. you're in UHF. So we'll talk about that on the next show. Yeah, as you guys know, we uh, well, this morning, actually, uh, before we actually recorded this show, I actually put a thing on Facebook to get people to call up, uh, send us their phone number, send us a bit of what they want to talk about, and uh, we'll get them on the show. So uh, Brad... Sent us a private message, yep. and uh, we're going to get him on the show right now. All right, Brad, welcome to the show, mate. Thanks for joining us here on AHP, and thanks for showing interest in uh, wanting to come on the show. What was it uh, you wanted to discuss, mate? Oh, first of all, thank you for having me on. Um, this Sam Lee nonsense and uh, her sham, uh, sham Lee gun control, fun control Australia, is that not the biggest beat-up? She claims that she uh, was threatened and that she doesn't feel safe. You'd think... She needs to learn there's a difference between feeling threatened and being threatened. She might not agree with what was done, but there was no direct threat to her. Yeah. Now, just to um, clarify, we haven't spoken to, to Brad you know, before the show about what the issue was until we just obviously got on the phone just now. What's your thoughts? I want to get your thoughts because we've had, and we're going to go into those emails just uh, in the next couple of minutes uh, that we got from a few people saying, some saying, well, yeah, it's, it's you know, free speech, there's no issue, we've got to stop appeasing the Greens. Then we've got another email saying they love the show, but, you know, we, we, this is bad for shooters. The general public are going to think we're basically a bunch of rednecks. I mean, what's your thoughts on these videos? I mean, I see a lot of stuff. Brad over in the States, FPS Rush. I mean, even just recently, I've got a big, big fan of um, De- Matt Carricker from Demolition Ranch, and uh, they had some issues the other day where they were in a gun shop. They're in this like little cave area or like a little tunnel, and you do basically simulated mm. shootings. So, you know, you're standing in the, you've got a firearm, you're standing in front of the TV screen, and then you might be with, say, a police officer out the front. You walk into a home, you know, a woman's getting beaten by a man, he pushes her to the ground, he goes, what are you doing here? And all of a sudden, quick, you know, scenario base, he pulls yeah. out a gun, and you've obviously got to shoot him. And then I remember his wife was doing it, um, and yeah, you know, he all of a sudden said, oh, yeah, you know, basically along the lines of, you know, I'll shoot her, like as in meaning, you know, you know, the civilian basically. And I thought, well, you know, I could see in the comments people were getting upset. They were getting a little bit upset with, you know, the, the fact that they were saying that. But, I mean, I took it in a, in a bit of jest. I mean, we saw the video that these guys put up, Marty and Aaron from Shooting Stuff Australia, probably about five, four and a half months ago, five months ago. And it wasn't an issue then, but the media get involved. Now it's an issue. So what's your general thoughts on that? I think... Um People just need to calm down and relax. I, I think that people are hypersensitive for absolutely no reason. Um, you might not agree with it, but I think to jump up and down, yell and scream and protest against it's going a bit far. Sure, you can air your concern, but to um, to play the victim over something that wasn't threatening at all, I think it's absolute crap. Um, I do love Demolition Ranch. I remember a while ago he blew up a 300ZX with, I can't remember how much it was, it was like a 1,000 pounds of Tannerite. Um <laughs> That's that fun. Looked, it's fun. Know, it's, it's, that it's, looked like so much fun. Just the, the massive uh, crater, the big divot in the ground, the shrapnels uh, raining down on the uh, from the sky. I, yeah. I see no no harm in that. It's just fun and games. Um, so what, what about the shooters stick- out there, Brad? What's just, I didn't mean to interrupt you. What about? I mean, there was a guy on there. I think, and we'll go. I'll go on that probably when you get off the air a, bit, a little bit more. But someone. 
and I'll name him after we actually do the show. But um, you know, he actually put a change.org petition out to Bill Byrne, Bill Byrne, the uh, Queensland Police Minister, to have these the licences taken off these two guys. I mean, and it got like 12 signatures. It was basically laughed out of existence. But why would a shooter create a change.org petition to petition the police minister to have two people stripped of their gun licences when we're all supposed to be in this together? Oh, it's pretty obvious, isn't it? He's a fud. <laughs> No. Good on you, mate. No, I, I, can't, I can't speak to a legitimate reason why a shooter would go and do that. But do you think it's done like, I mean, again, we're coming from in the middle here because I know Aaron and Marty quite well. I mean, I was only shooting with them about three or four weeks ago. And, and even and speaking about this now, it's interesting because Muzz, and Muzz will answer this question, and I haven't spoken to this to Muzz for quite some time, but you know, when Muzz says to me, listen, Jason, I've got, so, and Muzz actually's got pretty good friends. I will give him that. I like every single one of these friends that he's actually introduced to me now. But when he's introduced people, I say, he goes, oh, my friend, say, John wants to come hunting. Mario, what is the first thing I always say to you when I say we're going in the state forest? Oh, this guy, John's coming that I don't know. What's the normal, the first thing I ask you? Oh, is he all right? You yeah, know, exactly. Is he, okay? is he, is he, he safe? safe? Exactly. Is he safe? You know, does he have any... Yeah, and rightfully so. <laughs> you know, yeah, rightfully because I, so, I, yeah. I do not, and I, I do not hunt with anyone or shoot with anyone that is doing really stupid things. Like, I like FPS Russia, frankly, but I think he's done some really crazy stuff where he's yeah. blowing up 10 or right, 10 metres away or 15 metres away from where he actually is. Is it safe? If something happened, I'd say, well, you know, you kind of... You know, I'm not going to you know, start a petition to have him shut down, so... Well, I, think, um, I, think, I think it comes down to, um, to like personal uh, like your, your liberty and taking responsibility for yourself. I think well, this is absolutely a nanny state. I wouldn't personally blow up Tannerite 10 metres away, but I think I should have the option to do that if I wish. I'm putting no one else except myself in danger. I don't get what the issue is. Yeah. If I wanted to go and do that and I wanted to, um, say, blow up a doll like they did for um, shooting stuff in Australia, that, that should be fine, not an issue. No one should be able to tell me that I can't do that if nobody is put at risk. Yeah, yeah but, but my biggest issue with this really is a lot of the people who complain about Aaron and Marty, I mean, these are the same people that watch SP, FPS Russia and have a laugh. Yeah, they these watch are, Demolition Ranch, yeah, they watch Hickok 45. These are the same re- watch... people that watch Hickok 45. These are the same people that when they go overseas, they go to United States or other countries that have got liberal gun laws and they, you know, shoot... They AR- take full advantage of their gun laws. They take uh, they, they shoot AR-15s, they shoot machine guns, you know, at the, at the range. And these are the same people, mate, that, uh, you know, if tomorrow, if, if, if you could buy an AR-15 off the shelf, they'd be the first ones lining up to buy them. And yet, because it's a bunch of Aussies... You know, having fun on a on a on a ranch, or not on a ranch, on some pro- on, someone's on their, pri- own, private on their own private property with uh, some inanimate objects, not hurting anyone, not harming anyone, not breaking any laws. All of a sudden, they're outraged. So, you know, uh, the hypocrisy is just breath- breathtaking to me, I, and I just can't. I, I'm sick of the hypocrisy from uh, our own shooters, who, you know, who who uh, well, I guess bag out uh, some of the crazy stuff that Aaron and Marty do, but yet. On the same, on the same, hey, same hand, they would quite happily watch, you know, other videos from overseas and even participate in some of these activities overseas. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. hit the nail on the head. Um, absolutely, there's no other way to describe it. You're spot on. If if you could go into your local gun shop tomorrow and buy your Ruger 1022 again, I think you'd have a line out the door around the corner going for miles. And you're you're spot on saying these are the same people that might be first there. <laughs> I completely get it. I, I just don't understand where they're coming from and really what their issue is. I don't think the issue is what they're saying, um, making their petitions and, and saying it's giving us a bad name. I don't think it is. I, I don't understand where yeah. they're coming from and why they would go to such 
I remember the when I I remember when I watched it and I just took it for what it was, a bit of a laugh. You know, I, I, I watched the Absolutely. video, I laughed, I moved on with my life. That, that was it. You know, I, yeah. jo- I enjoyed the video for the 10, 15, 20 minutes, whatever it was that I watched. And then I went, I, I never thought, oh, this is going to blow up into some major thing. But as soon as the media got involved in it, no, you know, no, the, the, the shooters the started. Oh, and then, yeah, and then exactly. And then, you know, like some people say to me, oh, well, you agree with this sort of thing. And I said, mate. I'm a bit of a free speech advocate. I don't yeah. disagree with it, nor do I disagree with it. I just looked at the video. Agree I had a laugh. With, agree with it, you mean? Yeah, yeah. But you know, I mean, <laughs> yeah. what I'm saying is, it's not the point of it. But the point is, what I'm saying is, yeah. is that I enjoyed it for what it was. Yeah. You know, I didn't think it was going to be a bit an issue. I never thought, oh, this is going to blow up into a major issue, like all of a sudden, like it did with the media. You know, and then we had you know, Bridget McKenzie on Q and A, and ended up on the Q and A program, and yeah. Well, the other thing is too, Brad. We've got to be careful about allowing the other side to police how we have fun and how we um, how we um, enjoy ourselves and and the things that we do. As long as we're uh, within the law, we're not harming anyone. Uh, we can't have the the lefties dictating dictating our thoughts. You know, what I mean, they're essentially trying to be the thought police. And every single time um, you've got something like this, uh, like for example, Aaron Amadi having a bit of fun. I mean, is it in poor taste? Perhaps it all depends on your uh, point of view. Uh, would I personally do something like that? Probably not. I just couldn't, don't care for it. But would I try and strip them of their gun license, or would I try and start a petition to have them banned, or something like? That? No, absolutely not. It's just the ridiculous. thing is, they, he wrote to the petition was to Bill Byrne. I mean, Bill Byrne won't even talk to. You know, he won't, he won't even consult with shooters. Well, you know, he won't even talk to shooters. Well, the thing is also, Jason, and and look, we've got to be careful to not allow the left-wing nutters to drive the agenda. Now, the reason why Marty and Aaron were on Q&A or on ABC is purely because here's a couple of right-wingers that are having fun. Okay, so the left, uh, so the left are going to try and, you know, take them on and try and, uh, uh, I guess, try and police the way they behave. And uh, and this is how they try and do it. They try and do it through ABC, through programs like, the Q, like Q&A, through Sam Lee, Gun Control in Australia and then all the other left-wing extremist nut jobs that are out there that are you know trying to do everything they possibly can to police the way you have fun, the way you think, and the way you, I guess, um, want to express yourself. I mean, it's fine expressing yourself if you're a part of this, for example, the LBGT community or whatever it is. That's fine. But you know what? If you're someone who lives in uh, outback Queensland, you own guns, and you want to express yourself, oh no, that's not allowed. So you know, we've got to we've got to push back from that idea. We've got to really push back from idea and and whether we uh like what marty and aaron are doing uh, i think it's irrelevant what we need to do is support their right to do it uh support their support their right to have the, their freedom of speech and freedom of expression and not let the left drive the agenda mm. anything else on. Go on, yep. uh, so uh i don't know if it's probably not a direct quote but um a while back aussie reviews was talking about his logo and people were questioning why he had the ar-15 yeah um, they, they were outraged said, with, with exposure it becomes normalcy Yes, and I think with these um, videos that are blowing up and they're, I guess, causing trouble. I guess um, I'd like to see more of them for that very reason. If you're you're showing people having fun, enjoying their firearms, I think that can only be a good thing. They might not necessarily like the the use of say um, humanized targets or or the like, but I think. Watching people blow stuff up, having fun in a safe manner can only be a good thing for our sport. Um, I think it was the last straight shooting Aaron was talking about. Uh, the shooting at your club is boring. They're single loading 22 rounds. No one enjoys that. And no, I think that, that's right. spot on. It's not an exciting thing to watch. Whereas you see a couple of guys on a private property in a safe manner enjoying their firearms. What's wrong with that? Yeah. 
How, yeah. how is that a negative thing? The inter- that's an interesting topic. I know a lot of organisations or shooting ranges don't allow the humanoid targets or you know whatever they whatever you'd like to call them. But I mean, across the world, a yeah. lot of people are actually using these targets. Yet in Australia, I oh, know, no, 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 this is this. This doesn't sit. It doesn't sit right with a lot of people for some reason. Yet I'm pretty sure IPSC and a lot of other, those other you know uh, disciplines were using you know the the outline of the shoulders and their head when they used to shoot IPSC. Now a lot of the organisations, as far as I'm aware, are starting to go away from those types of things. Like I just don't see what the issue is. Like somehow defending yourself with a firearm is a problem. You know I don't get it. I don't get it either. Um, I was in the US when I was 18. I spent four months um, travelling around and working over there. Oh, that was lucky my first bastard. introduction. That was my first <laughs> introduction to firearms. And it, what I was touching on before with Sam Lee, I, I can't understand how she can have um, so much influence on the media. She comes out and says, we don't want an American-style gun culture. Why not? The gun culture I experienced, I've been there several times now, is a whole bunch of guys getting together, having fun in a safe, controlled manner, enjoying their sport. What she's referring to as their uh, their gun culture is criminals doing what criminals will always do, not giving a shit about the law, committing these crimes, and to try and pass it off as the American gun culture is is you know, exactly. not only really being deceptive. What, no, I think what's that's a gun culture? Wrong. I mean, what's a gun culture? Excitement, enjoyment of owning firearms, shooting... Uh, whether your discipline is, you know, uh, pistol shooting in a, in a controlled range or shooting on your own land. I mean, me and Muzz have this uh, conversation too, Brad. Like a lot of the times, like people say, we don't want American gun laws. I'm so, well, I do. Well, I do. Absolutely, I do. Well, listen, um, the other thing is too, there's other options other than just the United States. Um, people, you know, it's like, it's like some, to some people when you have this conversation, it's either all or nothing. Like, oh, we want to be like America. And I'm thinking, well, you know, there, there is other options. I mean, like we New can Zealand. always be like New Zealand, Switzerland, Canada. I mean, these are fairly liberal, uh, you know, really great countries, democracies, very safe, some of the safest countries in the world that have a very, very positive gun culture. They don't demonize gun owners. Um, they understand um, that you know that gun owners are, are valuable members of the community, um, especially in Switzerland. I mean, in Switzerland, every person goes to the army and they they do military service. And when they finish with the military service, they take their assault rifles home. I mean, virtually every person in Switzerland is armed, and uh, it's part of their culture. And uh, it's that's why they have the highest uh, uh, per capita gun ownership in the world, even higher than the United States. But what what was interesting, Mars, too, was that um, and maybe Brad saw this too, Brad, if you watch Q&A where you know Bridget McKenzie from the Nationals was saying you know and we'll play that a bit after we get off the phone with Brad but uh, saying she was saying it was vile yet uh, some Lee Rhiannon tried to put some legislation in probably about a week afterwards and yeah. it was knocked on the head by most of the uh, uh, senators except for certain ones which we'll read out in just a bit. But well, well it was uh, it was knocked on the head by um, by the Libs and uh, also some uh, Pauline Hanson uh, but the people who did support it was Xenophon, I Nick think. Xenophon, Jackie Lambie, Lambie, Darren Hinch. Darren Hinch. Darren Hinch. Yeah, yeah all, the usual all, suspects. Yeah. The usual yeah, yeah, suspects. Yeah, yeah. And pe- people were surprised about, uh, what, what's the Tasmania? Um, t- Tasmania, the lady. Uh, uh, sorry, I've gone blank. Uh, uh, Jackie Lambie. Jackie Lambie. Yeah. The people saw, oh, Jackie Lambie's anti-gun. I was like, where have you been the yeah, last exactly. two years? Yeah, I, I, I don't get it. Um, I, I can't understand why she's anti-gun. For someone with a military background... Um, I, I, I don't understand. Um, I served for a while in the Navy, and 
there, there was nothing but safety, 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 safety drilled into you. So I don't know where she comes from having this anti-gun um, mentality. Mm. Brad, I thought someone like with her experience would be would be pro. I, I don't understand. Brad, I've got a question, mate, just before we finish off. What would you like to see, mate? What, what, what would you like to see in gun ownership? I mean, in regards to, say, you know, our laws and what, would, and what do you think's over the top? The registry's got to go. Absolutely has to go. I don't see the why we have a registry. The categories have to go. I would love to have a semi-automatic, even if it's a 22. Um, I used to shoot on a deer property, not the deer, but the rabbits. And some nights you go out there with a spotlight, you fire your first shot. It looks like the ground's moving as that many rabbits. You can only get a number of shots off before the rabbits are all gone. You have a, 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 a semi-automatic. What you might get for the night, so you 10, 15 rabbits, you're doubling or tripling that number. It can only be beneficial um so yeah the, the registry has to go categories have to go i wholeheartedly support the need for training and licensing um yeah, i don't want to open it up so much i think licensing is an absolute must yep but beyond that if you have been deemed fit and proper why should we re- you be restricted in what you can purchase look i agree wholeheartedly agree with you mate uh and i do remember the pre-96 days and i and i had some semi-automatic uh, firearms and I had great fun with them and uh, look absolutely agree with you uh, when you got a little 22 um, you know a Ruger 1022 mate uh, you, you can knock off three or four bunnies you know before they get away quite easily so it does make a difference and as you know in, in the news over the last couple of years we've always been hearing on news this explosion in feral animals everywhere I mean it's no wonder it's very hard to knock them over I mean a lot of these guys who are on private properties, some of them don't have access to semi-autos and, you know, they see a bunch of pigs and it might be about like a, a mob of 20 or 30 pigs. They shoot one or two, that's it, the rest of them are gone. I mean, it's not like the, the old days when you get your SKS out, you know, with your 30 round magazine, you knock off 10, 15 pigs before they, they're able to, you know, re- respond. So, so you know... Not, I, that, I, not that military-style ammunition, mate. Oh, jeez, you know. <laughs> God forbid you know? we should have access uh, to cheap military-style ammo. You haven't written to the Daily Telegraph, have you, Muzz, recently? Nah. <laughs> but oh, listen, yeah. um, uh, look, uh, mate, we really appreciate your call. Uh, fantastic. It's great having you on the show, and thanks very oh, much, and, and keep listening, eh? Absolutely. Brad, thanks, mate. Appreciate your call, man. Uh, thank you. Sorry, just one last thing. Yeah, um, you're right, go on, mate. Yeah. I just wanted to say Sam Lee could write everything she knows about firearms and gun control on the back of a postage stamp with a piece of chalk and still have space. Oh, mate, easily, <laughs> easily. Good I just on you, to mate. Put that out there. She's an absolute muffet. Thanks, guys. Thanks, mate. Well, guys, you just heard from Brad there. Awesome. Brad, thanks for taking the time to give us a call in, mate. We really, really appreciate it. And uh, thanks to the response to the uh, people on Facebook who uh, sent us an inbox and want to be part of the show. That's what we do it, and that's what it's all about. But just to be clear, too, about what Samantha Lee, what Brad was saying, about Samantha Lee. Now, this I'm going to play just a little bit of an excerpt for you in regards to a 2007 Sunrise interview with Samantha Lee. And Koshi asks her a direct question about maybe a full ban mm. on gun ownership uh, in Australia. And I just want to know, in regards to that, this is the person that shooters, right? some shooters, not obviously not a very small amount of shooters, have been defending over the last, say, four or five weeks. So we're just going to play... Uh, that little bit of a uh, little bit of uh, soundbite audio on what Samantha Lee had to say on the Sunrise program with David Kosh and uh, Mel Doyle. Here it is. For all of us who don't own a gun, and we see horrific pictures in the United States and um, terrible gun stories here in Australia, just how feasible is it though for a total ban? 
Well, what we would like to see is a total ban of semi-automatic weapons. Okay, and so that not is, every gun. Well, at this stage, we'd like to take it by stages. And uh, if we get rid of the most powerful weapons, which are the semi-automatics, we'd be very happy with that. And what are, what are, sorry, what are the semi-automatics? Everyone talks about oh. so I have no idea. Yes, well, semi-automatics means that it just self-loads very quickly. So you put a magazine chamber into the firearm and then you press the trigger once and it propels a number of bullets in a number number of minutes. Like you see in the movies. That's right, right, yes. Okay. Well, there you go, guys. You just heard from Samantha Lee. She wants to ban semi. She wants to ban your, your handgun ownership well, with she, semi-automatics. She wants to start all the semi-autos. Then she wants then, to go in stages of removing all guns yeah. from civilian hands. And don't, don't forget, guys, all this attack on the outlay is part of that whole program. They've got – these people are well-funded. Um, they've got um, all types of uh, globalists behind them, UN-type people that are into one-world government sort of stuff. Um, they have a, a plan, like a 30-, 40-year plan, where they try and take your semi-autos, then they'll try and take your lever actions, then they'll try and take anything with more than a five-round magazine, then they'll try and take it on and on and on it goes until gun ownership is almost non-existent. And this is their plan. And uh, look, it's real. I'm telling you, it's not a conspiracy theory. They've she been just doing said it. clearly about a total outright ban on gun ownership. They want to take it in stages. Well, look, it's it's real. It's not a conspiracy theory. They've been doing it in various countries around the world, trying, especially in the United States, England as well. As you, don't, as you know, they've already banned all the pistols in England. I've got a question for you, though, um, Mars. Let's yep. say there was a vote tomorrow. She was in Parliament to rid all gun ownership in this country. What do you think she'd vote for? Oh, of course she'd vote for it, but, you know, we, we all know that. We're we just, I mean, and it's kind of like we're preaching to the converted most of you just got to remember guys, who basically the, the enemy really is. Yeah, well, that's right. Um, look, uh, here's the thing, but I would like most shooters not to focus too much on Sam Lee and what she says, but just focus on promoting our sport. Focus on yep. prom- growing it. Focus on bringing up the next generation of hunters and uh, and uh, shooters and teaching them about our freedoms. We have to teach people about our freedoms, believe it or not. We really have to show people that, listen, you, you are born in a, in a small part of the world where you are relatively free. You know, you're not part of a theocracy or a dictatorship, well, not yet anyway. But uh, it's, it's important to let people know that make sure it doesn't turn into some sort of dictatorship where no one's allowed to do anything and, you know, unless the government say so. So that's, that's, part of, that's, that's part of the battle that we're fighting and it's up to us to make sure that that, that battle uh, continues and we continue the good fight. Yeah, what we're going to do in regards to this um, Shooting Stuff Australia uh, issue is we've got two emails uh, based on our previous show where we interviewed uh, Marty from Shooting Stuff Australia. Now, a lot of you guys remember, I was up there in Queensland, so I have recorded a longer full podcast with those guys. As you yep. said, I've got about four or five in the works that have already been done before those interviews. Same thing with, with uh, Shooters Union Australia. So give it another probably three or four weeks after you hear this podcast, and that one will be out specifically so you can hear, hear them. Uh, for a whole hour on the show. But we're going to play, I'm not going to play, we're going to read out two opposingly different emails. Now, Justin, who was on our show before, a lot of people enjoyed Justin coming on the show. Uh, unfortunately, he wasn't available for this show, but hopefully he'll begin yep. uh, uh, you know, injecting himself you know, over, you know, yep. say, a yearly period, you know, three or four times over the year to give us that sort of extra uh, voice. So we're going to play two opposing views, one a bit longer than the other one, and we'll, and, and we'll have a bit of a discussion about it. So the first one is from Jeff. Uh, he Subject was episode 126. G'day, fellas. Love the show. Long range deer, uh, long range and deer episodes are his favourites. Regarding episode 126, I don't care for Justin appeasing the Greens, etc. 
you should have used the Greens' insinuation that the Teddy terrorist was a Muslim against them. Why do they assume that the explosive-wearing terrorist must be a Muslim? Are they bigots themselves? Give no quarter. Keep up the good work. So that was the first one from Jeff. Well, yes, thanks, Jeff, for your email. Uh, look, we don't like to get too much into the religious part of it because we've got a lot of Middle Easterners, even Muslims, that are gun owners and they value yep. their gun ownership as well. Um, but, uh, he, but the thing is... Um, look, I understand what you're saying, and the reason why we brought Justin on the show, and I know what you mean about him appeasing the Greens, I don't think he's really appeasing the Greens. He's providing, I guess, that uh, different voice uh, on the show, which I think the show uh, needs because we need to be able to, I guess, challenge each other with different yeah. ideas and represent. Yeah, me and Muzz agree, don't we? we? We agree a lot with each other. And I think, not, yeah. not on everything, but a lot of stuff we do somewhat, or we have a discussion about it, and we sort of. Either we agree to disagree or yeah. we agree or we don't agree. Well, look, I think for those of you who listened to the last show, and I really hope you enjoyed it, I think Justin brought in uh, a lot of valuable information to the show and presented, uh, I guess, a different voice, a different point, point of view, which can only add to the content of the show. I mean, you don't have to agree or, or you know, necessarily uh, disagree with uh, what Justin says or me and Jason, but well, it, it's just really important that it starts to get you guys thinking, at least, you know, and... and, and talking about it and creating that conversation with your friends as well. So thanks very much for the email, mate. Yep, no, nah, good one. And then we're going to play a bit of a, a bit of a longer one, a bit of an opposing view on this one from uh, Paul. He said, hi, Jason. Uh, thank you for the reply. I'm glad you... Oh, no, sorry, that was the first one he sent me. Let me go back to the first one. Hi, Jason. I just listened to your podcast, number 126, with Justin, Mario, and yourself. I'm a long-time listener, first-time emailer. Before I start, just want to say I really enjoy the shows and everything you do. Listening to both you and Mario Banner makes for great listening. Well, thanks very much for that. Good on you, mate. I'm a firm believer that until 800,000 shooters in Australia vote for one single party, we will always be struggling to get heard and the laws changed in our favour. If the Greens can unite and get their voice heard, then so can we. Until we stop splitting our votes between the different shooting-friendly parties, we will never be able to improve our standing and the laws that all shooters think are prohibitive. People posting YouTube videos of shooting mannequins doesn't do our cause any good. Well, I mean, it's an effigy of mannequins. It's only a doll, so I'm not yeah. sure that's a mannequin. But anyway, that's a small, minute part. Uh, doesn't do ourselves any good either. Shooting Stuff Australia does nothing for our cause because it is hard for your average shooter to win a discussion about shooters' rights because it makes us look like dumb idiots. It's great to have fun, but it went too far to dress a teddy bear as a Muslim or a political figure and shoot the shit out of it. They crossed the line. Listening to you on the show, Jason, the way you argued for what they did was being okay, from it sounds as if you would be okay with someone shooting or burning the Australian flag. Well, I'm definitely against someone burning or shooting the Australian flag. I mean, the Australian flag represents this country. But anyway, shooting cans is okay, but they crossed the line. Yes, they haven't broken any laws, but again, they just don't do anything for our cause. Even the political figure mannequin was oozing blood. I'm not sure. I didn't, didn't see that, but if that no. was the case, I just yeah, didn't, I didn't see, see it. that. Come on, Jason. Thank goodness Justin was in the studio to pull you up. Jason, you do a great job, and I congratulate you on your fine podcast, but surely you have to know the difference between something positive for our cause and the negative. What shooting stuff Adria did was plain wrong, negative, and made us all look like little kids with guns. Again, love your show. Keep up the good work and never get influenced by your mates, such as the guys at Shooting Stuff Australia. When they stub up and do something wrong like they've done, call it what it is and just move on because I have yet to meet anyone that thinks what they did on YouTube was okay. It made all the shooters look bad. Regards, Paul. So first off, Paul, thanks for your email, mate. Thoroughly appreciate your email. We always yeah. like the the uh, uh, criticism that's uh, done the right way Yeah, to have a discussion about this issue. Um, well, we, for one, we just heard actually Brad on the show who 
agrees with yeah. what they did. Well, supports, supports, supports free Aaron. speech anyway. Supports free speech, yep. Um, you know, again, I, I don't really know what to say in this issue. For a start, I don't really – I wouldn't burn the Australian flag. And I'm saying I, I wouldn't personally shoot an effigy, probably because I wouldn't think about it. I don't really have enough time. Uh, I just, I just, it, it's you know, it's, it's really a mute point to me, a moot point, you know, that uh, I'm, I'm dealing with something that sort of. I watched the video; it's been blown out of proportion. I mean, what do you think, Mars? Do you reckon it does? I mean, damage to uh, shooters because there's a lot of people out there that I've been seeing recently. They're, they're spending time on Facebook to chat to people, fight each other on Facebook when they can be writing to their local ministers, their local members. Yeah. They can be making appointments. They can be writing to Minister Keenan, the federal member. Uh, yeah, but they're too busy you know, fighting each other. I just, I just don't understand why the fighting. And this, again, this video was out five months ago. No one said boo about it. All of a sudden, the media get hold of it. It blows up on Facebook, and it's this big thing. Well, listen, I feel a little bit different, Jason. I'll, I'll present, I'll, I'll present a different point of view. Look, I'm, I'm very patriotic Australian. I love my country. I love the flag. But you know, what? I really don't have much of an issue on people burning the Australian flag. Because I think they're, they're nutters, and I guess how are you going to know who the nutters are unless you let them do those sort of things, right? So while it's, I think, disgusting, um, you know, I, it's, it's a part of free speech. I mean, you can't have yeah, it. I don't you, like when they no. burn it, but, I mean, look, you know, it's look, you, you what are you going to do? What are you going to do? You, I mean, You can't kind of reserve the right for you to say whatever you want to say and not reserve the right for someone else to say something else, even, you know, it doesn't matter how despicable it might be or whether or not they're burning the Australian flag. I mean, uh, you always know the left-wing nutters and they present themselves quite well on demonstrations and, you know, when they're marching for a street, if they're burning flag, whatever. Well, look, they're just grubs. They're, and you can, you can see that they're grubs because they're doing these stupid things. And, and I think it's better to out them publicly like that than to actually, like, have legislation that, you know, stops people from burning the flag. So, look, I, I, I love the Aussie flag. And, you know, I would never even dream of burning it. But my point is, is that I wouldn't want to stop people from doing it. Because at least the, we can notify and find out who the crazies are and which ones <laughs> exactly. are the ones doing so, the crazy things. So hopefully people understand that particular issue. Now, when it comes to Marnie and Aaron, you're saying that they don't do anything for our cause. Well, I, I disagree. Now, while I wouldn't do what they do because I simply don't care for them, I'm probably a little bit older and I, I'm not into that sort of stuff, right? While I wouldn't do what they do, um, I think it's really important for them, like I, we just had that conversation uh, on the phone, um, uh, I think it's really important for us, as long as they're not breaking the law, as long as they're not hurting anyone, to support their freedom of expression. Do you think what they've done will have any bearing on the NFA review? Oh, I'm not sure. I'm, I, don't, I don't think so. I think a lot of the politicians, depending on what they're going to do, with, would have made up their mind already. The only thing that's going to change their mind if uh, you know thousands and thousands of people write into them, uh, which we'll discuss soon, Jason. Actually, because uh, we just recently got a double double email regarding the NFA, which if thousands and thousands of people write into them uh, and tell them, listen, don't you dare do anything negative towards shooters. I mean, that will definitely make an impact. But Marty and Aaron make an impact. I don't think so. Where they will make an impact is amongst the shooting community, and hopefully, encouraging the shooting community to not be shy with their guns uh, i guess uh, it's quite okay to make uh, shooting videos it's quite okay to have fun with your firearms it's quite okay to shoot things other than paper targets you know like mm. uh, even if they I might be, even if they might be effigies of a particular person uh, uh, you're not uh, you, you know you know you're not making direct threats on a person you're not making you know uh, those you're not doing those sort of things uh, that, as far as i'm 
aware that haven't broken any state laws or any firearm laws. And I just think it's I think it's pretty bad that we don't understand. Um, I guess um, the premise of free speech and, and freedom of expression enough that we some of some of us well not we I'm, I'm talking in general but some of us a small portion of us are actually starting a petition to have these guys uh, their firearms license taken away from them I think it's a little bit going too far and trying to have all this self censorship um, and we're just really falling into the trap of the lefties and we're self-censoring our, you know, our own actions and uh, we're always second-guessing what we're doing. Uh, they're just driving the agenda, guys. They're driving the conversation. We're not driving the conversation. We're not you know, uh, participating in that sport the way we like to. And to be honest, you say that you know, they appear like a bunch of little kids with guns. Well, you know, like, <laughs> what isn't fun about guns? I love my firearms. I love yeah, my... But if I, if yeah. I don't like something, I just simply don't watch it. I saw someone, I think yeah. it was on uh, Facebook the other day, said, oh, when I think one of them, Mario Aaron, said to one of the guys, well, just just, just turn it off. Just, yeah, exactly. Just, just don't watch it. And then the person was outraged, saying, oh, how dare you say, he told me to turn it off. Yeah, well, you know, like, look, what, 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 my, my, prediction, my prediction is this. If Aaron and Marty keep making these videos... Okay, if they keep making, if they make one every week, they make another one. They shoot more effigies, more signs, whatever you know, um, you know, pieces of fruit, big whatever, whatever it is they might shoot for fun. And if they keep making these videos, eventually, you know what's going to happen? I think people are just going to switch off. Even the lefties, they're just going to say, "Oh yeah, yeah, those crazy Queen, Queenslanders don't worry about them." You know, they're just going to accept it as. Well, you, you reckon know? the Queenslanders are a bit? Well, uh, <laughs> no, well, you know, not not trying to generalize, but I think I think I'm pretty sure. They're just going to switch off. They're not going to worry about it anymore. It's going to be old news. And you know what? And uh, having fun with your firearms will hopefully come a little bit uh, a, step, about- a step closer to being normalized as long as you're not harming anyone or breaking the law, which I'm pretty sure they weren't doing. What about you know, being on YouTube and obviously doing this show? People say, oh, you know, you don't represent shooters or say, you know, Marty and Aaron don't represent shooters. I mean, I spoke to him about two days ago, just gave him a bit of a write-up uh, to give me a sort of a bit of a response. Mm. You know about what the what the what the issues were, and they they said to me on the uh, on on the uh, document here, like basically they're not trying to be, you know, they're not trying to be a voice for shooters. They're just simply just making fun videos. They're not trying to be, I guess, the next politicians. Um, you know, he says I'm just reading this one here now. He said we didn't shoot a, a mannequin, so I'm not sure you know what that issue is in regards to. Um, and he also said, you know, basically if they don't want to watch the videos. You know, don't watch the videos. You know what I mean? Like if it's not really a big issue that needs to go sort of you know any further than that. Um, I don't know. Oh, going on to here too, I wanted to read out. But you know, Jason, that's good because we read out two different emails and see so you got very yeah, different v- yeah, v- varying yeah. views. You know, some people think it's great that we had Justin Luke on there to put yeah. a put a balanced argument. Other people think, well, what the hell is Justin Luke doing there, defending you know the standing up for the greenies? I mean, it, yeah. but this is great. It it encourages discussion, and we love having Justin Luke and uh, on on the show, and we're definitely going to have him on the show again in the future. Yeah, and also I've got one here who says, we, we did not dress up or refer to any political figure and shoot the shit out of it. We'd never do that. So I don't know. I mean, is Sam Samantha Lee, is she sort of a political figure? I don't think so. No, nah, I mean, she's not, a lobbyist. She's a lobbyist, yeah. yeah. Mm. Well, anyway, I want to go through quickly, just going on to that. This is uh, what David Lionhelm posted, actually. Senator Lee Rhiannon, uh, pursuant of notice of motion, not objected to, she put in the thing saying... Well, number one, a, vote, a video in circulation that vitally threatens a high-profile gun control advocate. The individuals in the video have previously been referred to the New South Wales Police for posting uh, violent videos aimed at racial, religious minorities and the Greens. 
Uh, former Prime Minister John Howard performed a courageous act in the 1996 pursuing national gun reg- uh, reg- regulations. Uh, and then this is the people. Sorry, who, who said that? This is, uh, re- this is the regulation of firearms. Uh, Lee Rhiannon, oh. Re- the Greens, sorry. I, I thought David Lionel said that. No, 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 no sorry. No. Uh, Lee Rhiannon put some uh, leg- or legislation to basically strengthen the National Firearms Agreement. And she calls on the government to maintain and strengthen the National Firearms Agreement to commit to a ban on the importation of the rapid-fire shotguns. Oh, my God. Show the leadership on firearms shown by John Howard and work with state governments to have firearms laws amended to provide for immediate cancellation uh, of firearms licenses and surrender of all weapons when a shooter has displayed threatening, intimidating or offensive behaviour. Now, let's go who said yes to that. Richard D. Natale, Griff, Hanson Young, Hinch, Klotsky Moore, Lambie, Ludlam. Ludlam, not surprising. with McKim, Rhiannon, Rice, Seawit, Teller, Waters, uh, Wish Wilson and Nick Xenophon. Yeah, so, all, all the left-wing nutters in, and, uh, in one basket. <laughs> exactly. And we'll, let's have a bit, bit of a question here because it's interesting. This is an interesting topic on Q&A when they actually talk about some of these issues and gun ownership. Uh, Bridget McKenzie voted against that. Uh, Bridget McKenzie voted against that. So there's a few interviews on Q&A, a few sound bites we're going to play right now from Bridget McKenzie. And uh, we'll have a listen to those and, and we'll come back in just a few minutes. So here's uh, Bridget McKenzie. This uh, a soundbite is from Q&A, ABC's Q&A, so give them a bit of a plug on Q&A. Uh, have a listen right now. Does Bridget McKenzie think that expanding gun ownership could lead to increased terror rates or increase the likelihood of a mass shooting? Uh, not any more than increasing car ownership will in- increase the, the risk of more deaths on the road. So I think um, we're seeing at the moment gun ownership increasing over time, which I think is a good thing. This is a good thing to do. I don't, I don't see it as a negative. Um, I go, you know, rabbit shooting with my son. Uh, we go down to the local range. If you don't like shooting animals for food, then you can go do clay target, you can do pistols. There's a, a, another group of hunters and shooters who um, dress up as cowboys and with their lever action firearms and pistols have fun on the weekends. This is just an activity like any other sport that people participate in and it has all the positive benefits that other sports have in terms of connectedness to community and uh, participating in illegal activity. D- Doug Cameron uh, just made the point that if a, a terrorist, would-be terrorist, uh, got a hold of one of those um, now freely available lever-action shotguns, it could be a very dangerous weapon. Well, I would argue that any gun is dangerous. Mm. Any gun is dangerous because it depends on whose finger is on the trigger. Of that gun. Well, we saw we, Man, we Man have, Haran Monis well, uh, in the Lint Siege had a shotgun... Imagine what could have happened if you'd had that kind of shotgun. Absolutely. That's why we have to get tougher on the illicit firearms that are coming over our borders, through our wars. No, sorry, Tony. You could theoretically, if he was able to go and buy a shotgun, which he did, he could theoretically buy a lever-action rapid-fire shotgun. You have to become registered as a person to actually purchase that gun and go through a process. It's different uh, in every state. He did that. But... But what I'm saying is that the illicit firearms in this country, you talk about the gangs and the number of guns they have, um, what's going on, particularly in the streets of Melbourne just this week, it's terrible. And they're not guns being stolen from law-abiding firearm owners that, uh, who are responsible, usually, unlike the video actually, that goes to my point about the video actually undermining the argument, but most 
law-abiding firearm owners in this country are very, very responsible and aren't running around the streets of Melbourne or Sydney shooting see. up and um, holding up, you that, know, You sound like an apologist like, like the NRA in America. No, this is I'm exactly, not that. This is exactly uh, what they argue. And I have, I've heard exactly the words that you're saying uh, being espoused by the NRA in America, and I don't want to go there. Well, Doug, I don't think that we have a constitutional right to bear arms. I think we have, after a tragedy that mm. happened 20 years ago, the states, our community came together and created a national firearms agreement which has served us very, very well. Gets at the balance right, I believe, between confidence of the community that those that do have a firearm licence are able to use that responsibly, store their weapons securely, etc. My question is from, for Bridget McKenzie. Why do you like shooting for fun and do you feel that... Everyone should have access to, pardon me, to guns. I can understand farmers, but not the general public. Uh, well, I think we've, thank you very much for your question, and it's uh, one that a lot of people in the community hold, uh, because guns, whilst there's 800,000 law-abiding firearm owners in this country, uh, that doesn't represent a lot of people in the cities. But we were all celebrating Catherine Skinner's fabulous gold medal and Chloe's in the pentathlon. So it's not just farmers that need guns to manage their stock and manage the feral pests on their properties, but indeed shooting has a great social and environmental and economic benefits for our community. It's a cultural practice that many families hand down, particularly amongst our Italian and uh, European immigrant communities, from father to son and over a long period of time. One of the great things I think about our um, shooting culture in Australia, it's, it's not the elitist culture that it is in Europe, where you have to wear cashmere socks to basically head outside and, and have a shot, nor is it um, a constitutional right or an NRA um, American-style culture. It is very much of that pragmatic um, shooting culture of the people going out, getting their food if they need to, controlling feral animals and pests, um, not only on their farm but in, in the, our own uh, national parks, for instance. And also, it is a billion-dollar industry. It employs a lot of people. Now, Bridget, I'm going to interrupt you because there is a darker side. And let's quickly look at a video which is making news this evening, which shows an effigy of Gun Control Australia's Sam Lee, a woman, being blasted with a shotgun. Okay, now I'm sure you've mm. seen that, so... Um, well, I hadn't, actually. You haven't seen it? No, well, you have now. So, well, that's only part of yeah. it, of course, but they say it's a satire and it's uh, all in good fun. What do you say? Well, I, I say it's free speech, but I think Sam... Uh, rightfully feels, um, you know, harassed by that. I think it can be, could be seen as threatening. I, I don't think, I think what that video does is actually give law-abiding firearm owners a bad name. I think most, uh, most of us uh, that are firearm owners uh, go about our business responsibly. Um, we either participate in our sport with our friends and family. That actually doesn't help the public conversation when we're trying to separate the issues of terrorism, the issues of illicit firearms on our street and gun violence by gangs yeah. let's, and let's what just, we do. Let's just be clear, you, you condemn that. I think that's uh, vile. That's yeah, vile. I think it's vile. I would never argue against their right to say it or do it, but I think it is vile and um, confronting. 
Um, yes, it can be frustrating when certain people in that debate don't understand what you do, don't think you have a right to do a, um, participate in a, a sport that we run at the Olympics, that the Australian Sports Commission is quite fine for everybody to do, that you're not actually allowed to practice your workplace, for instance, if you're a, if you're a shooter for, for work. She can attack them for that. So there's a lot of frustration out there for that and around the misinformation that occurs out in the public on this issue. But uh, that is quite confronting what they've chosen to do and how they've chosen to handle that situation. All right, guys, you just heard from some parts there from Bridget McKenzie in regards to the videos and in regards to some just general questions on firearms ownership on Q&A. So I guess, Mario, I thought it was a bit of a mixed result, um, especially regarding... Tony Jones basically saying that Man Monis had a firearms license, which was not true. Bridget didn't correct him on that. That's a basic uh, bit of information yeah. you probably should have known. And said, well, hang on. No, 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 no. I'm sorry. I, we, I can't accept that. Uh, he did not have a firearms license yeah. and was not and got this firearm illegally. She didn't do that. While she been saying that, she was also under the pump considerably from every person on that panel. Um, but, but, you know, she spoke about some good things about what you heard, free speech and stuff. And uh, Look, Jason, look... Bridget McKenzie, I think, done an absolutely top job. She was, she stood. Uh, listen, listen. This is my opinion. Okay, she stood her ground. I listened to the whole show. She stood her ground against four, I think, five anti-gun nutters, right? And and on top of that, Tony Jones. She she really done a good job. In the circumstances, I'd say it was a, a pretty good job. Yeah. But there's again things she, she could have left out. Just certain things that didn't need to be didn't need to be said. Well, look, Jason. She stood her ground. She represented us well. Okay, she didn't take a backward step, and and you know what? Um, even though while I agree with you, the only mistake I can really pin on her is the fact that she didn't correct Tony Jones. You know, I don't agree with everything that Bridget uh, says and does, and especially I, I don't think she goes far enough in terms of. Um, well, she has said, you know, the the we don't want to see any watering down of the NFA. Yeah, we I totally don't, I don't agree. We disagree with that. I don't think uh, she goes far enough in in, in uh, I guess uh, attacking some of the current idiotic gun laws that we have she did, certainly doesn't go far enough in that respect but when it comes to defending our gun ownership uh, as it is right now when it comes to defending our right to you know use our firearms and to actually have fun with firearms i think she does a fantastic job and uh, to be honest it would have been difficult uh, she was under the pump there in, in that show she would have had a yeah, lot of people would, against her you know what i don't like if she hadn't have conceded anything i would have said mate would it well, she would have knocked it out of the park. But again, we're conceding things about the antis, about coming on the videos. I would have said, well, it's free speech. I said, I don't really have any input into it. End of story. Exactly. You exactly. Know? What are we so, going to say? We don't want to see any. She, we're not, you know, previously, she had says, we don't want to see any watering down of the NFA. Well, I disagree with that. Why can't you? In, we say we enjoy our firearms, and I, I want to see reasonable reforms in regards to you know, certain issues of the NFA. But well, maybe she can say that. You know? well, I'm, just, no. I'm just sick of being told by politicians who are apparently pro-gun uh, mm. When they're telling me they're going to get my rights back, they're going to try and do this, they're the only party that's going to get my rights back, whether that's Nationals, whether that's SFP, whether that's the LDP. Yeah. And then as soon as they, some of them, as soon as they get into the media, they crumble and say, yeah, we don't need these types of firearms. Well, listen. Uh, I don't, I, yeah, don't, don't, don't tell me it's all because the media, they've got to say be yeah, politically correct in the media. Mate, you, you see organisations that actually have some guts. Like the NRA. Do you see them saying that? No, you don't. You no, don't see them saying no, that. that's right. But you look, you're absolutely right. And like I said, this is where Bridget McKenzie fails. She fails to criticise the existing gun laws, which a lot of it don't make any sense. Because because um, it sounds good to, well, to agree with the current system. Well, no, I think we've got no. a good balance and it's good how it is. No, it's not. 
Yeah, well, it's not. I know, but I'm look. I'm happy that she was there on the show, uh, at least defending uh, our right to to have gun ownership, but defending our right uh, to participate in sports. And also, don't forget, Jason. Um, she did say that you know that she made a fantastic point that the growing um, number of gun ownership in Australia is no more of a problem than the growing number of vehicle ownership in Australia. You know, what I mean, and the amount of deaths on the roads through vehicle accidents isn't really on the increase. Um, it's about the same or it's dropping. So, But the amount of vehicles on the roads is rising every year, which is pretty much similar to what the gun ownership is. So she made a really good point, and she pretty much silenced a lot of those people that were going to, uh, I guess, criticise her on that. So, look, I, I'm very happy with the performance on Q&A, Jase. Yeah, exactly. All right, we've got another email. We'll move on to uh, Pete. Good email from Pete. Hi, Jason. First of all, thanks for all your efforts on the podcast. I'm a regular listener, and I really enjoy your cast and really appreciate the effort you and the crew put into the great sport and hobby, so thanks. Although politics will always be an important part of the sport's future, I'd love to hear more content on other matters as politics has become a little bit monotonous. I agree a little bit, but it's always something to talk about in regards to politics. Yep. Whether it be uh, product reviews, sports-specific focus, casts on gear and techniques like hunting and target, I'd love to hear more from you guys on stuff other than politics. So... What's your plan for future casts? Keep up the great... Uh, sorry, keen to hear your thoughts. Take care, guys. Happy hunting, shooting, and uh, whoever you host... Uh, sorry, what do you say? Shooting and whatever else you're into, basically. So thanks, Pete. Um, yeah, mate, I mean, this... I guess, like I said in a previous show, I think, um, we've been, I've been doing politics from day one, and in a way, it's, it's, it's part and parcel with gun ownership in Australia. I mean, even the Americans, it's all about politics too. A lot of it, yeah, we want to have fun, and we have tried to do that in the show by talking about different items, and we will be doing that in the future. It's just sometimes, too, that hunting. There's only, yeah. only so many hunting podcasts that I can do, but no, you've brought up a great point about reviews. Uh, about doing things like um, what else can we do? I mean, we're going to talk about. We even talk about radios next time and stuff like that. We might just do one or two items in a show to have a discussion about it. Yeah. Again, we're not the professionals on these issues, like a guy said in the previous email. Yeah, we're just a bunch of hunters, but we do this show for free. We spend hours of our time to do this. Look, and Pete. Look, Pete. I couldn't agree with you more. I can tell you right now, I, I bloody hate talking about politics. <laughs> it gets us rolled up, I, as you can, I as cannot you can see. Stand, mate, I cannot stand it. I absolutely effing hate it, to, to put it mildly. I can tell you that from the bottom of my heart. But let me tell you something, and, I, and, and this is the thing. I realize, I've come to the realization uh, that we have to talk about it. Uh, it's something that has to be done uh, until this horrible NFA is repealed or at least uh, somewhat greatly modified so that at least we can enjoy some of the freedoms and uh, uh, freedoms and some of the, um, I guess, activities that have been enjoyed by our cousins in New Zealand, in Canada and the United States. So, look, I 100% agree with you. It is a drag. Uh, I hate it. I hate writing to my local member. I hate writing to the police minister or the premier or the prime minister. I could not. I can't stand it. I can't think of anything worse. And I and I can tell you right now, I'd much rather be at the range shooting my guns. I'd much rather be hunting than doing all this crap. But someone has to do it. That's the problem. Someone has to do it. And we've got people in parliament who are helping out. We've got people like myself and Jason who are putting our voices to it. We've got people on uh, social media. We've got people at the gun club. So we're all part of it. We all have to do it, mate. And I'm really sorry. I know what you're saying. Uh, but look... Uh, like I said, we, we, if we want a future for our sport, our recreation, we've got to get involved. Mate, awesome email from Pete. Thanks, mate. All right, we've just got a, a question here. 
from Julian uh, off the Facebook page. Very, very good question, actually. And uh, Julian says, my question is, what will it take for LAFOs to be able to purchase ammunition designed purely for self-defense, e.g. beanbag 12-gauge rounds? or even non-firearms-related self-defence like mace or tasers. With home invasions on the rise here in Victoria, with gangs like the Apex, everyone seems to be fine with arming themselves with baseball bats and other improvised weapons. But if you were to suggest a firearm, you are looked at as a lunatic. Just seems stupid. The police can use them, and as a firearms owner, I'm more concerned... Sorry, I'm more licensed to use the firearm than most police because I have a license. Coppers don't have a license. They have an exemption. Just seems a bit loopy. Mars, what do you reckon? Yes, great comment. Okay, so non-lethal ammunition. Yes, for self-defense. Well, first of all, you'd have to have, you'd have to be able to change the laws to allow self-defense, uh, owning ownership of a firearm for self-defense as a genuine reason. That's one thing. Um, which uh, we're, we're struggling as it is, uh, trying to get that through. I know a lot of the um, Shooters of Fishers Party re- representatives in Victoria have been trying to legalise pre- pepper spray and such for self-defence. They've been uh, uh, on the front foot, I guess, uh, speaking about it, which is great. Um, but look, mate, what, what it's really going to take is a premier to have one premier to have the guts to change firearms legislation and to go away from the NFA and to actually put control of firearms legislation back in the hands of politicians and not police. So, I mean, that's what it comes down to. Um, or, you know, if they can just amend uh, the state um, state legislation to allow genuine reason for firearm ownership uh, for self-defence, and then, then you might uh, be um, open to, I guess, uh, uh, the local gun shops be open to importing non-lethal type ammunition. So... That's pretty much where we're at, mate. It's very difficult, uh, as you know, uh, to, to get any kind of legislation like that through because uh, the moment you start to talk about things like that, people say, oh, we don't want to be like America. They start to hyperventilate and all that stuff. They forget about the fact that you have a, a natural right to defend your gift of life, that you have a natural right to defend your home and your family and, and um, you know, from violent thugs. I mean, they forget about that. All they think about is, oh, no, we're going to be extremists. And, you know, you, have, you start all... And then you've got all these um, people jumping on the bandwagon of uh, the Greens. Oh, no, we've got too much gun ownership and, you know, this is going to be more dangerous and blah, blah, blah. Like, you know, like as if uh, you're really safe now, you know, like <laughs> you're not safe. And you know, I know there's a lot of gangs running around Melbourne. I see it on news all the time and it's just, it's just unbelievable, really. I just can't believe how pathetic the response from the government has been uh, to all the stuff that's going on in Victoria. But listen, mate, look, great. You've got a great question there, and how do we do it? Well, I just – I told you, mate, it's going to be a very hard uphill battle, but it comes down to like what I've always been saying before. It, take, it takes 10 minutes to change the country, and it takes a lot of people to start getting active. Start, you know, calling your local reps, your state representatives, your local MPs, your premiers, your police ministers. All right, thanks, mate. Julian, for the question, man. I hope the uh, Mario sort of addressed that one for you, but I agree with what he said. I mean, there's no reason why we can't, you know, have these items for self-defense. I mean, even, you know, starting off with, you know, mace or tasers, those types of things. But, yeah. I mean, the government just doesn't want to let you do that. I mean, I think it's completely ridiculous. If I was in charge, you'd be uh, legalised overnight or well, the potential to be overnight, but, you know. It's kind of, it's kind of strange, really. It's a, it's a mind-boggling, um, I guess, myth. you know, it's mind-boggling. Uh, when you start to, I guess, decompile the whole issue, I mean, think about it. You can go, you can have, you can have a firearms license, and you can buy four kilos of powder, you know, 
at a gun shop. Like, how does the ammo bill stop me from uh, buying a pallet of shotgun ammo tomorrow right. and, just, and just giving it to my neighbour the next day? Nothing. Well, nothing. Exactly. But the thing is, you can buy four kilos of powder, you can buy boxes of ammo, which is quite fine, but, you know, you're not allowed to buy prep, you know, pepper spray that doesn't kill anyone. <laughs> it's just perplexing, really. And it comes down to the whole... The whole thing that the government just wants you completely defenseless and completely reliant on them. And the problem is, of course, is that uh, they're not very reliable. So um, that's where the problem comes. And, mate, it's just going to have to come down to people uh, chucking up a stink about it. And if enough people chuck up a stink about it, it's going to happen. Yeah, good stuff. Uh, We're coming up to some of our articles here. And very interesting one. This one just came out just a few days ago. RSPCA inspectors overworked. Reputation threatened by emotional activism, says Review. Now, this is uh, posted Thursday, October 6, 2016, and it says the review, sorry, a conflict of interest between activism and animal cruelty prosecutions has compromised the reputation of Victoria's RSPCA and independent reporters found. Now, it says RSPCA Victoria Chief Executive Liz Walker said all 22 recommendations have been accepted because the organisation had not been performing as well as it should. On the bottom here is the most interesting part. It says the RSPCA apologises for past emotional activism. Mm. Uh, Dr. Walker said the organisation would continue its advocacy against animal cruelty but would no longer engage in public campaigns over existing laws such as duck hunting and jumps racing. Wow. Yeah. That's big news. Well, the review finds they're, they're overstepping their bounds as basically, well, they're public authority. What, I mean, what are they, RSPCA? You know, they're getting know. funding from the government. So if know. they're continually getting funding from the government, I mean, they've got to step up. They can't be campaigning against no. government initiatives. Exactly. You know? I mean, ask anyone that works for the government. You, really, you can't really be going against the government's, you know, or in, at least in public, the government's rule when you actually work for the specific government. So read that again, Jason. They're going to stop what? Uh, RSPCA apologises for past emotional activism. Dr. Walker said the organisation would continue its advocacy against animal cruelty but would no longer engage in campaigns over existing laws such as duck hunting and jumps racing. So, obviously. So, in other words, you won't see any more emotional based uh, anti hunting ads or, that's it, yep, or, yep. or rhetoric from the RSPCA. Fantastic news. Brilliant. All right, we're talking on the previous shows about uh, deer. And yes. whether, the, whether the Natural Resource Commission, the NRC here in New South Wales, is really heavily pushing uh, to have deer classified as a pest species in line with, I guess, some states around the country. I said this before, I don't know why we have, well, basically why we can't hunt deer year-round, even if they are a game species. I don't know why we can't use specific methods, callers, feeders, those types of things. Um, obviously, we're concerned if they're classified as a deer pest in regards to 1080 or biological type issues in, uh, you know, getting rid of deer, which will reduce numbers. Now, they say there's a lot of numbers, but I can't shoot one, so <laughs> there can't be that many of them. Um, but this is an article, uh, theland.com.au, uh, deer pest declaration no game. The push to declare deer uh, pest in New South Wales is growing into a juggernaut. 
Uh, it has strongly been the position of the association that deer are a significant pest animal threat and their pest status should be formalised by the government, New South Wales farmers told the Commission. Government is currently sitting on the final report and is expected to make a determination on the issue in the coming weeks. Uh, deer are a biggest uh, feral threat to New South Wales, said Invasive Species Council Chief Executive Andrew Cox. Uh, oh, what rubbish. I know, but let's not pretend the Inv- Invasive Species Council is not pro-hunting at all. In fact, quite anti-hunting. <laughs> exactly. So, I mean, let's get serious oh, on the that situation. Deer are the biggest Fred, you've got to be joking. <laughs> and he says, we have the biggest chance for the government to act now. Well, a bigger threat than feral cats or wild pigs. You've got to be, you've got to be on, got to be on <laughs> some goes, drugs. We have a chance for that. the government to act now to keep many areas of the state deer-free, but it's important to act now, which means cutting out hunters, which means you know, coming up with this you know, other you know, ridiculous stuff uh, to try and basically kill off deer. Right, you know? Listen, I'm going to put out an open question to our listeners out there, right? How many times have you really seen a big mob of deer that are just destroying the land? I mean, really? Really? I, I've never seen it. I, I've, I've never, ever seen it. Not, not in real life, not in the wild. I've travelled up and down this state of New South Wales. I've been to parts of Victoria. I've been to parts of Queensland. And I really have never seen it with my own eyes. I've seen a mob of like six or seven deer uh, several times. I've seen even, I think one time it was about 13 of them I counted. But never huge numbers that would decimate the land. I've never witnessed, uh, how can I say, massive amounts of dead carcasses along the side of the road, a deer getting killed just like um, roos, roos do. I mean, I've never seen them in big populations. I, don't, I just don't buy this whole idea that there's somehow a big, massive problem that we need to make sure that there are pest species and so we're going to eradicate them with 1080. I mean, I've never seen a case for it. It's just complete BS, in my opinion. It's just another way for them to try and overturn um, but the, let's be honest. I still hope they can use. The, don't the, forget the game, the game act. Yeah, the game of feral animal control yeah. act. Since two thousand two, they're trying to. The interesting it. part is though, like I said, but if we, if this is this, this is the catch twenty two in in a way that if we don't if we don't advocate for I guess as the, you know, turning into a feral species or a, not a game species, then there's good and bad parts to that. The the, the bad part is well then you, you can only hunt them you know just with a rifle walking around hope for the best. There's no other options to be able to hunt them. So. Uh, that's just what Look, I'm saying. It's, well, Jason, very, it's very restrictive. I can only hunt them. Why can I hunt them in Victoria year round, but I can only hunt them till October in New South Wales? My opinion is the solution is the act needs to be amended so to allow hunting for deer all year round. And, and allow, what about, say, uh, using callers, feeders, those yeah, types of things? Yeah, to allow different people to hunt deer, which, which whatever means they, uh, they... Provided it's humane. And, exactly, exactly. I mean, what's wrong with that? Going on from there too, says New South Wales Fish Shooters and Fishers and Farmers Party, which holds the balance of power in the upper house. Well, they don't. That's they haven't done their research, but will provide the significant uh, opposition to the pest escalation. MP Robert Brown slammed the report and said it's rooted with factual errors, misinformation, untruths. The draft report by the New South Wales Resources Commission was conducted by a gun for hire by the bad government. Removing his deer's game status will not improve the effectiveness of control methods; rather, it will hinder them. Yeah, there you go. Well, look, I certainly hope it doesn't happen. Because I can tell you right now, as it is in the state forests, and I, I, know, I haven't been hunting in national parks because we're not allowed to yet, but I, I know there's a lot of deer in the national parks, but as it is in the state forests, I can tell you right now, they're not in plague proportions. They're not. Well, I can't shoot one. <laughs> Jason's been trying to shoot one for four years. I mean, he has seen them. If We've anyone seen them. out there lives in New South Wales, but listen, so I've had a few offers to go deer hunting, and, and I appreciate those offers, but I don't know, I, I just, I don't want to be put on to... Yeah, the second deer, yeah, yeah, put me on there. Don't worry about it. But 
my first one, I just want to feel like I work for it myself. Does that make sense a little bit? Does yeah, it, absolutely it does. Know, like I, don't want, I don't want someone to go, hey, mate, they're going to come out of that lot from that state forest or from that national park onto my property at, at 4.30 in the afternoon, <laughs> sit on this hill in the prone position and shoot one. I just want to, I want to work for it myself. I want that feeling. Even if it's a small, if it's a buck, it's a buck. If it's a doe, it's a doe. I yep. mean, you know. Yeah, no, I, I agree, Jace. Uh, look, maybe that's the best option. Amend the act to a full year of hunting. Uh, and you know, at least allow other methods to be able to hunt them. I don't see what's wrong with that. I mean, if, yeah, if you disagree with other methods of hunting, you might be an old school deer hunter. So be it. How I want to hunt my deer is my business. How you want to hunt deer is your business. We should exactly. stay out of everyone's business, provide it's done humanely. But uh, well, look, Jason, I've got nothing against farmers being able to cull deer on their, on their own property for protection of their crops, whatever it yeah, might but be. It's, 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 but uh, but you, you shouldn't have to. Turn them into a pest species for uh, for uh, for landowners okay, to be well able why, to do that. Why do you need then? And then we'll get, we'll, I mean, we'll you're a landowner. You own the land. Uh, you you got to look after your crops. I mean, you can you can cull kangaroos. You can cull all sorts of native animals. Okay, why, why should you I have need... to need any permit for to cull a deer? Why should you have to have to change? Well, see, uh, private owners, private owners, they don't in New South Wales. They don't need a permit. It's if I want to go on to that person's land, mm-hmm. I need a G license to hunt deer on private land. Yeah, and they're saying it's stuff to do with the animal. Well, I can hunt foxes, pigs, goats, hares, rabbits, etc., etc., on public land without the need for a game license, G or R license. Yep. So what is that inhumane? Well, just because it's somehow a different species, it's a deer, does it make any different than the previous other you know, five to seven species I just mentioned? I don't think so. Well, I think the benefits of public land hunting need to be recognised and they need to be recognised in the sense that we bring heaps of money to bush communities. Uh, it's culturally uh, important. Uh, it's a great recreation. And if you're going to uh, categorise deer as a pest species and just poison the lot or try your best to poison the lot, well, I mean, obviously it's going to bring hunting down. And uh, I guess, you know, a lot of these farmers and people with some of these interests don't really care about hunting, and, and that's a real shame. And also, Jason, I hate to say it, but a double S, double A are in that boat. So it's, you know, it's, I think it's. Oh, well, hopefully, I'm going to talk to uh, the executive director, Diana Mellon, in regards to this, because we had some good, robust conversations about it. Initially, I was for the de- declaration of deer to become a pest status, but then obviously going over it and reevaluating the position. I think there's ways to do it by amending the act, but I mean, I think the people from both sides, the NRC doesn't want to amend the, they want it as a game species, uh, sorry, a feral, a feral pest species. And from our side, they're like, no, you know, if I mention uh, callers, they're outraged. People, oh, people are outraged. The, the, I think they're you know, not, Why are they outraged? To, because yeah. I want to call in a deer. So yeah. what? They think, well, because I'm somehow, you still got to, as Muzz has always said, you still got to hunt the deer. People can tell you, you can go to their properties, whatever, there's so many deer. You still got to hunt them. You still got to put the F in. Then it's not just going to fall into your lap. So, um, but to finish off, Muzz, I got a good one here. Well, Jason, I think they, I think the, our side, I guess, needs to come to a compromise here, and they need to amend the act. I think the act needs to be amended. They need to allow all year round hunting for deer. Okay, let's let's. You know, it's nonsense to have seasons and this and that, whatever. Allow all year round hunting for deer. Allow uh, people to use uh, different types of callers and so on, and allow the deer to remain a game species. I mean, that is the best possible compromise. And I probably, and look, if they if they don't reach some sort of compromise, I, you know, they'll end up losing deer as a game species altogether. Yeah, well, that, that may be what happens. Maybe they, the NRC, if if the government's already got us on the chopping block. 
Um, I'm not sure what the relationship is like between you know shooters and fishers and say uh, the bad government. I can shoot oh, probably not good, probably <laughs> not good. So I mean, maybe bad is looking. You know, who knows? Maybe bad could be looking to you know lay the uh, you know proverbial boot in again. Well, we, we I'm hoping not. Public land hunting does not want to end up in the realm of greyhound racing. Let me tell you. All right, we're just going to play for you one now. This one, I reckon, is this gold Bob Catter. God bless his soul. Sometimes I wonder, Bob Catter, when he laughs so much when he's actually talking to the media. But uh, this is Mark Latham, Sky News with uh, Paul Murray. And uh, it's Mark Latham and Bob Catter. I think Andrew Bolt was on there, but he didn't say anything. Just listen to uh, this. This is part about the Orlando shooting. Just listen to what <laughs> Bob Catter uh, has to say to Mark Latham and Mark Latham to Bob Catter. Yeah, g'day, Bob. Congratulations on holding your seat. Uh, can I ask, just ask, uh, have you caught up with that uh, massacre in Orlando and how do you reckon it's looking? Um, I really don't have a great knowledge of what's going on in the world outside. Uh, Mark and I get a little bit scared. I get into trouble if I go beyond what I know about. And uh, this is a case in question. Well, can I just say that I hope uh, a gun control relaxation is not on your list because the average Australian really would want you to shove that where the sun don't shine, my friend, because that's one of the most atrocious things that you've put forward for the safety of our community. And if it's on your list, I'd advise you very strongly to drop it right now. I'll tell you what's in the safety of our community, Mark. When I was handed a rifle as a lad of 19 or 20, whatever it was, <coughs> we were at war with Indonesia. We had 1.5 million firearms to defend this country, mate. When the likes of you get us into the next war, we'll have 35,000 rifles to defend the country. And I tell you what, they'll be thanking you in exactly the same way they thanked Joe Lyons before the Second World War. Um. Thanks, Bob. Well, guys, you just... Uh... <laughs> You just heard that. Bob got a bit fired up. And, uh, you know, Mark Latham is actually, interestingly, I've been watching him quite recently uh, on a few different shows that he's on. I mean, for him being Labor, he's got some quite right-wing views at times too. It's very interesting to see. Look, uh, look, Mark Latham, to me, is a massive disappointment. And I'll tell you why. While I agree with virtually like 70 to 80% of what he says, uh, he just doesn't get it. Mark Latham just doesn't get it, mate. He... he you know, he's left wing right down to the core when it comes to gun ownership. Um, you know, he's, he's stuffed up his entire uh, bid to be Prime Minister by acting like a complete tool with John Howard with a stupid handshake of his, if anyone remembers that. That pretty much lost the election for him because everyone saw him as a bit of a thug. I mean, uh, it's seriously. Interesting. It's interesting because Mark Latham talks about gun ownership, yet he's had a very, very checkered history. Exactly. Very I mean, checkered history. I don't think, I don't think he would even qualify for, for, a a license. Fire, for a firearms license. <laughs> he's would. trying to tell me exactly. what I should and shouldn't be doing. So Mark Latham, you know. Hang your head in shame. <laughs> exactly. Look, uh, he's got some very, very positive things to contribute to the Australian political discussion. But when it comes to firearms, he's just got no idea. I think he just needs to go back to the drawing board and, uh, and have, a, have a really good study at the history of firearm ownership in this country and history of firearm ownership around the world. And I think he'll come to the same conclusion as most other people do, that uh, in a liberal democracy like ours, I mean, firearm ownership is, is essential, uh, just as essential as freedom of speech, the freedom to express yourself and so on. So anyway, Mark, you're, you're a gold-plated knob. Go back into your box. Okay, Jace, let's jump to a different subject, and it really pains me to, hurt, uh, to talk about this, but I've got to mention it because... 
I just think, oh, wow, it's one big massive misstep. Now, as you know, David Leinholm just recently has been re-elected um, to the uh, Senate for the federal election and a fantastic job. He's, he's, he's got the half quota, Jason, that he needed for re-election. And for the next election, he's going to need the full quota. So it's going to be a very tough uphill battle to uh, mobilise 150,000 votes to go in uh, and vote for David Leinholm. And um, we, we certainly hope... He gets there, but however, he's not going to get there by saying some of the things he's recently been saying in the media. And I am just absolutely... Unfortunately, he's dropped the ball twice in regards well, to two issues. I am really disillusioned now because... Now, I understand that there may be some background strategy to try and get publicity and media to uh, focus on David Leinholm and uh, Liberal Democrats, but I just think he's just going the wrong way about it. First of all, there's his... Support for uh, Fafita's freedom of speech, you know, the FKL controversy. Yeah, no, so this is about um, Andrew Fafita, the football yeah. played for the Cronulla Sharks. Anyway, he must be friends with Kieran Loveridge. Yes. Kieran Loveridge is the guy that's serving like, a 10, 11-year prison sentence for uh, King hitting that young fella and killing him. And I think Fafita wore something on his arm, like an armband that says... Um, FKR, which is yeah. free Kieran Loveridge. Yeah, FKL. Right, so he didn't, make the, he didn't make the team. So David Lionhelm basically wrote an article saying this was a bit of unfair treatment from uh, the media yeah. and the general public. Well, you know, anyone that defends sometimes a, a, a kid or a young man that's you know, in jail now for king-hitting someone and killing or someone killing is probably not doing the best thing for uh, the party, even though he, I agree he agrees in free speech. But just Australians in this respect are just not going to get it. Nah. I think it was better nah. left unsaid because why would you go into bat for Andrew Fafita who's basically defending someone who's king hit a young kid and killed them. I just, I just think I would have left it and not mentioned anything about it. Even if he thought, okay, I can add my two cents. This is going to be, you know, uh, as a libertarian or whatever it may be, it's going to help it's our just cause. Not a, it's just not going to win not, many votes no. because Fafita's not well-liked anyway. This is the guy That's why who, he made the Australian team for these issues, off, off-field he, issues. He's just not well-liked. This is a guy who... Um, I think him and his brother abused or something like that, the referees at a local game. Um, they caused all sorts of stir up there. Um, and uh, some of the things that, is, you know, it's just been carrying on. But the, uh, probably the, that wasn't even, I don't even think that one, Muzz, was actually that bad. Probably no. what the... No, just recently yeah. with the recent passing of uh, Rebecca Wilson. Yeah, she was a she's sports a journalist. Sports, now, I wasn't a big fan of her anyway. I think no. she writes a bunch of crap. Uh, that's just my opinion. You know, I think sometimes she is right. A lot of the time she's wrong. Uh, you know, she's very, very, very outspoken. She just died of cancer. Look, uh, it's unfortunately, look, which is no matter how sad. much, no matter how much you dislike someone or disagree with someone when they, when they've just passed away from a, you know, really bad illness and the family's grieving, Jesus Christ, David, um, you honestly have not done yourself any favours whatsoever, in my opinion. I understand that it might be part of a larger strategy to uh, get more publicity, but when you criticise someone who's just died of breast cancer, it's not, it's not going to resonate. Well, technically, he it's didn't It's not going really. to resonate with the wider public, and I know she was, uh, I, I guess, it wasn't the best friend of uh, fo- uh, the, the soccer fans, uh, especially Western Sydney Wanderers. She said a couple of things that weren't that, that great. But uh, seriously, mate, uh, if we want to cast the wider net for votes and try and get you reelected, this is not the way. This is not the way, and I am really disappointed. I'm so so disappointed, and uh, it, it really shocked me. Uh, 
to hear this stuff. And, you know, actually, Dave, actually, Dave has been uh, copying a massive bollocking Jason on social media. Huge bollocking. Most of us probably deserved. Uh, because, Here we go. I'm just reading it now, yeah. guys. Here we go. So it says, Sinners is defending his appalling sledge of late sports journalist Rebecca Wilson just hours after her death from cancer was revealed. New South Wales Liberal Democrat Party Senator David Lionhelm tweeted a response to the news of her death saying, Doubt there'll be any... So I doubt there'll be many WSW, which is Western Sydney Wanderer fans, at Rebecca Wilson's funeral. And then it's got hashtag innocent lives damaged. Uh, I just, yeah, I Look, don't really see how this does anything for the party. How it does anything for, uh, well, I guess he didn't have shooters' rights in his mind at the time. Well, listen, it's, it's very were, troubling to me. It's very troubling to me because if this is the best way that the LDP can think of getting, about getting publicity, I mean, I don't think this is going to last very long. And to be honest, uh, that, that is a big problem because David is a very outspoken, um, uh, you know, pro-gun politician. And federal, normally he does parliament. a really good job. Yeah, normally. Look, he I, kicks it out of the park normally. I know. Normally he does it. And, and, but this time he has really uh, gotten a, a, you know, a foot and mouth disease, I reckon, because uh, he's, this is not going to cast a very wide net of support, let me tell you. And it's certainly not going to go very far when it comes to getting the extra 150,000 votes he's going to need at the next election to get re-elected. So, look, uh, I'm just shaking, so I'm, I'm I mean, shaking my head here, Jason. I just can't believe this stupidity. Victoria's Racing Minister Martin Pakula called for Lionhelm to resign while former Hawthorne player Daniel Hartford labelled him a scumbag. Oh, look, Not good I, I, think, I, think, I think those comments are, are, are actually kind compared to yeah. some of the stuff I've read. Listen, I've got some, not to say enemies, I wouldn't say, but I'd say people that you know, might have disagreed with me and my show, whatever they may have been, and they've, and they've passed away. You know what I mean? Exactly. But I, I wouldn't, I don't wish, I mean, I don't wish on them to pass away. You know, that's just, t- t- but, and, not, yeah. and not that he did either, but even just, you don't, you don't make light of people's deaths. I don't know what you can achieve out of that. And anyway, oh, I don't think he was trying David, to make light of it. I think he was trying to, Bag her while she, you know, he's but trying yeah, to he's yeah. trying to bag her for the stuff that she yeah, done with dead. Western Sydney. I know that's it's not the, that's, that's the whole, not good. That's the, you know, it's not. It's it's just it's just such low low ranking stuff, mate. It's like just, I, I, I don't even know why you'd get even involved. But anyway, David, come on, man. Time to pull those socks up, buddy. Look, we, look, we, we need but some. This, but this comes down to Jason. Look at the representation we've got. I mean, if it's if it's not Robert Brown on the SBS show doing a complete train wreck. It's David Lionhelm, on the other hand, saying the most inappropriate things at the most inappropriate times that are not going to, I guess, help us in any way whatsoever. We just can't, we just can't get you know, a really decent representative. I mean, Robert Borsak's probably the closest thing uh, you know, to a decent representative, and even he, yeah, he fails. He, and he's had some shockers too. He's had some shockers as well. So you know, it's just it's just all round. It's just poor performance all round. And sadly, I mean, I've got to say it. This is like, uh, is it natural to have a, a corker once in a while? I mean, what, what, oh mate, I think so. I think a lot of uh, politicians are prone to uh, foot and mouth disease every now and then. But this is a big but sometimes one. Sometimes we don't think before we speak. I mean, we're just you know, we, we've probably done it once or twice Listen, in our time. You know. I understand that, Jason, but I'm not going to make any apologies for David. He owns his own comments, and same as any other politician. And uh, oh, look, hopefully, this is the end of it. Hopefully, well, this is the final. I hope it blows. But over. has this done? Has this done damage? I, I think so. I think it's, it could done. Uh, it could have done irreparable damage because what you've got to look at too, Jason, is that David was very friendly with the media. 
right? So he was on Sky News all the time. He was on 2GB. He was writing articles for uh, Financial Review and Telegraph. I mean, if these comments, if these comments hurt his ability to uh, get invites on the shows and things like that, well, that's going to do massive damage. That's going to do huge irreparable damage. And I just, I think we just can't afford to have uh, when you've got a you know startup party like the LDP. Uh, who's got a very pro-gun senator, we can't afford to have these sort of massive, massive, massive uh, you know, mistakes done in the media. Gaff, it's another gaff. Massive gaff, exactly. So very I guess dis- at least it wasn't very, in regards to gun owner. It wasn't a, a gun ownership well, gaff, I guess. Well, it, it might as well have been. I it guess. might as well have been. But the point is, David, me personally, if you listen to the show, I'm extremely disappointed, mate, extremely. There would have been better ways to to harvest a lot more votes and to harvest publicity than this. But anyway, it is what it is. Yeah, guys, hope you enjoyed the show. Uh, of course, donate to the show. That'd be fantastic. Uh, if you want to be part of the show, of course, you know, send me an email on Facebook or australianhuntingpodcast at gmail.com. Follow us on the Facebook page, of course. Send us an email or you can click on that contact icon on the website. We've had a lot to talk about. There's so much stuff. It's just unbelievable how much stuff comes out. You know, for gun ownership and, and, and those sort of things and hunting and shooting and fishing and we just can't keep on top of it. Yeah, but, absolutely. Uh, hope you enjoy the efforts that we do put in because I tell you, myself and Mario have just uh, recorded a couple of shows today. Mario's been here since 10. It's almost about 3 o'clock. We've just recorded two shows, had some lunch and it's just, you know, we put hard effort into bringing you guys this content. So, without further ado, my name is Jason Selms. And I'm Mario Vlepko. See you guys next time. Bye. You're listening to the Straight Shooting Podcast here on the AHP Digital Radio Network. As always, thanks for listening, and I'll see you next time.